Welcome to the One Salty Great Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all those salty topics that people don't want to discuss. I'm your host, Ray. And I'm Phil. And we hope you enjoy. Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to take a minute just to apologise for the first 10 minutes or so. There is a little bit of background noise, there is a little bit of ticking. Um, it's due to some technical issues that someone was having on the day, but it does clear up and it does go after, like I say, the first 10 minutes. So sit back and enjoy. So today we're joined by Philly. If you want to say hello, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Hi, I'm Philly. Um, I have a sports nutrition master's degree and I also do online coaching. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically me. I love to lift. And we are also joined by Ellie. Hello, um, I'm Ellie. I'm 20 years old and I just really do just sports nutrition just for fun and um, exercising and just keep myself healthy, really. But yeah, that's a bit about me. Cool. So um, on today's podcast, we're actually going to be talking about the fitness industry and a lot to do with the fitness industry because there is a lot of misconceptions. There is a lot of things that people don't like about the industry there's good things about it bad things and there's there's the social media element of it as well that we want to we want to dive into so um we've got quite a nice little diverse group here today so i just a bit of background i've been in fitness for way too long uh i'm a kickboxing instructor as well and yeah i think i've learned a lot personally i've worked with a couple of personal trainers myself and um so if you want to crack on and tell us a bit about your fitness background yeah um i guess yeah i've been into fitness for as kind of as long as i remember i come from a family of pretty large people so i think growing up i just thought to myself i just don't want to become like that so at the back of my mind i've always had it like you know i want to stay kind of fit and healthy um and you know it goes to show that you know like a lot of people that take care of themselves in their youth you know it reflects kind of later on in life and i wanted to be kind of part of that um uh uh Kind of part of that criteria um but other than that yeah i've been kind of a general gym goer and just kind of been involved in sports along the way um ever since really okay cool so um philly you've got masters in sports nutrition i do indeed yeah yeah i just graduated uh last october from loughborough with that okay cool um so you it's obviously your job now is it your job now to go into um nutrition and obviously give people diet plans and things like that and explain everything to them yeah so i work uh i work two jobs effectively first of all i'm a coach online so i do a lot of both sports um fitness stuff and also nutrition um but i also work for usn the supplement company as a social media uh, manager for them so Basically, that involves a lot of nutrition advice as well um, and working with the MPD guys to, to sort of, you know, get marketing out there in, in the right way <laughs> for a nutrition company. OK, cool. Have you done any? Um, you've competed before, haven't you? I have. Yes, I competed twice in 2018, uh, but I wouldn't necessarily call myself, a, you know, a full time competitor by any means. But, yeah, I have done. Okay, how how did you find how did you find the whole experience of competing and the whole mental strain on the prep and going through everything like that? Because we've got a couple of questions from a couple of fans on this as well. Sure. Well, 
personally I found it a very good experience in a lot of ways I I'm I'm someone who really likes the challenge so that is probably the ultimate challenge you can give yourself um on my prep I dropped about 17 kilos um and got yeah and got incredibly incredibly lean to compete um but I do think it is one of those things that you have to have the right mindset to do um not only to push yourself like that but to be able to come out of it in a healthy way and get back to a good body weight um I think I see a lot of people struggle with that and they get so lean and then they get a bit stuck when they're finished and they don't know what to do with themselves or they get you know sort of a bit of a messed up body image where they where they don't want to gain body fat again and I think the whole process you have to have such a strong mindset towards what you need to do yeah of course how did you find the whole mental aspect because you're obviously when you're competing in a show like that you have to drop body fat really it depends on how you cut I suppose Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to be dropping a lot of body fat losing a lot of weight putting a lot of mental strain on yourself looking looking at all the little individual areas of your physique um pointing out things that oh I need to work on this I need to work on that I need to lose weight here how did you find that um do you know what I actually I don't think it was too bad for me I think yes you do look at yourself a lot obviously because it's an aesthetic based sport you have to you know you have to be highly critical of yourself um but equally I was in a position where I I saw it as a almost like a holiday like as in I would get stage ready for a very short amount of time and then I was very ready to get back into an off season to start eating well to get you know to feel better in myself I think that's the thing that I personally struggled with most is just having complete lack of energy um I remember having to train and sort of having to get my steps in every single day and sort of feeling like you're just floating through the day, which is yeah. terrible, but it is sort of unfortunately the reality of competing. Okay, cool. Um, Ellie, so you are obviously within, like in the fitness industry, looking to um, lose weight and obviously use that to like be healthier, I suppose. Yeah, so I actually started off... Um, being like a relatively sort of good size of a child and a teenager growing up and all that. Um, but then when I hit college, I actually gained quite a bit of weight and it was kind of, you know, I had a bad impact and I didn't really have a great relationship with exercise or food. So kind of like in the past year or so, I've done like a lot of, well, I wouldn't say research, but to some degree, yes, to myself. Um, just to have a look at like, healthy eating um, and exercise and all that just to make sure that I'm doing it in a, in, a, in a good way I suppose so I've been doing that for about the past year um so I've lost quite a little bit of weight to begin with um but I'm just kind of just trying to keep myself healthy as I can but obviously I've, mm-hmm. you do get quite a bit of um I, su- I suppose you do get kind of sort of caught up in it in a, in a some degree um just because yeah. You know, you are. You can. You can. I don't think you can ever be sort of happy with with where you are. Like with me, for example, um, I'm just. I'm happy with what I've done and my progress and all that. But I think that a lot of media does make you think. Oh yeah, but I've done. I'm proud of myself. I could go further. So it is quite difficult to sort of 
maintain that uh, balance, so to speak, I think. So, but, but yeah, no, I have been um, keeping up with it. And uh, it's just persistency, uh, persistence, sorry, and consistency. So I think that's quite important as well. Yeah, so obviously you've just said um, you didn't, you got through a stage of not having a great relationship with exercise and things like that. Um, how have you got around that? Um, so I've kind of always looked at it like I, I, I do to make myself feel better to some, some degree. I kind of like watch YouTube videos, see if other people are having like similar experiences um, just to see if I'm like, you know, if I'm having the best progress or I don't see like I'm doing well, it looks like I've gained a bit, you know, I'll, I'll sort of have a look at, okay, well, what is it and what can I change about it and sort of try and continue the streak, I suppose. And I kind of try and stay away from Instagram. I think that's my one of my biggest I mean, it is really good for, like, inspiring me. I think that's one of the reasons how I ended up losing weight and toning up to begin with. Um, but it, at the same time, it does – you always see people that are – you. I think you always compare yourself, to be honest with you. So it just – I think you need to be in a good, good frame of mind to, like, make sure that you stick to what you can do because everyone is different at the end of the day. And uh, yeah. work on your own progress. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Phil, um, have you ever gone through something like that yourself? Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, like when you start off kind of young, you're obviously you're influenced by, you know, a lot of things that you see um, marketing. I remember when I was like 19, 20, and, you know, all guys want, I guess, at that age, is, you know, just a big arm, big arm, big chest. And then you go to your men's health magazine that every single month without failure always says how to get a six pack fast, how to burn fat yeah. or, you know, a thousand calorie workout in 10 minutes. And you, you buy into it. Um, you know, I was spending 40, 50 pounds a month on protein shakes. Um, I haven't taken protein shakes or supplements in the past kind of six, seven years. I didn't really notice too much difference. And I think you kind of gauge what your goals are and what they've become. I think at a younger age, you kind of think more aesthetically, like I want to look aesthetically pleasing. But then as you age uh, gracefully, you think, what can I do to keep my body uh, supple? What can I do to keep it more moving and more active? Um, so I kind of, it was a kind of a journey of evolution for me. You know, there was times when I was frustrated thinking, you know, I've got a bit of belly fat, can't lose, I'm doing X, Y, Z. And, you know, maybe this is the type of kind of um, mind frame that pushes people into kind of, you know, um, experimenting with, you know, other types of drugs. It doesn't help when you get YouTube ads hitting you with Mike Chang's six-pack shortcuts. Mike Chang <laughs> cracks me up. <laughs> so that that's my kind of view on it. But I think I think it's a learning process that as you get through to it, you decide what your goals are, what you want. Because people that do um, like a physique bodybuilding, um, it's the, there's an art to it. There's there's specific dedication, and we look at the end result, but we don't see what's going on behind the scenes. There's so much hard work, dedication, so many days of pain, so many days of you know like hunger. You wish you could have a donut, etc. Mm. Um, but but that person's doing what that person kind of wants to do goal-wise and I think we as individuals need to stop in a way looking at that as you know for your own kind of personal goals it's like everyone wants a Ronaldo body but Ronaldo come on what is it what's his pro what's his profession he runs for a living he's got a personal chef he's got a nutritionist that tells him what to eat etc and then majority of us are you know probably working behind a desk nine to five very inactive so we have to kind of gauge and look at our lifestyles and then we really have to take a serious look at, you know, the type of nutrition uh, that we put into our bodies. And as they say, abs are uh, made in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I think 
I think it's particularly important to like think about when we're talking about nutrition. Um, obviously, I'm not an expert. This is obviously where we can ask Philly some questions, being having a master's in this. Do we think that people pay too much attention to macros, calories, or not enough, and they rely too much on things like social media supplements, where people are just plugging and plugging and plugging um, various things that may not work, they may work, and things like that? Personally, yes. Um, I think the majority of people need to focus on calories. Um, Supplements always seem like a a quick fix that people like the idea of, but most of the time they probably don't work. And if they do, that's something that you really should be looking at later down the line. That's not your number one priority in terms of changing, you know, body, body composition in any way unless you are extremely trained and knowledgeable in what you're doing and like probably intermediate to advanced, you, you just don't need it. Yeah. Cause I suppose at the end of the day, they are, they're just additional things, aren't they? That's Absolutely. why they are. They're, they're supplements. Exactly. You're supplementing so, um, a diet, but ideally you can get the majority of what you need just from, you know, a good range of food. So, so yeah. 100%. So, so really, how many PTs would you say if you can if you can kind of look at it from your personal experience have the or you know should have the ability to give nutritional advice but are not in a good position to do it because obviously if we look at someone someone like yourself you know you've gone to university and you studied the kind of the theory behind the science mm-hmm. and then you know someone would take your advice more seriously than someone you know that hasn't done your qualifications so how do you feel about you know other people in the industry giving that that type of advice when they're not as qualified as you are I think I think in a lot of ways it's a very difficult industry in that sense um it's very easy to become qualified which is kind of scary and unfortunately it means that a lot of very very good PTs and very good nutritionists almost get sort of lost in this in this whole kind of world where you can't differentiate between people yeah um and it it in the opposite sense as well unfortunately it's very easy for people who don't have the knowledge to look like they do um so it is it is a frustrating one it definitely is and that's partly one of the reasons why i went and got masters in it to kind of set myself apart from what you know what everyone else is doing (laughs) Absolutely. Like I, I'm, I'm a really big advocate of, um, uh, like I, I tell a lot of people at work that are overweight and they want to kind of lose the pounds and they go on these kind of diets where they, you know, quote unquote, start, you know, procuring low fat products. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell them the first thing you probably want to do is just cut out as much kind of refined uh, sugar as you can. Um, because I, I give like people lecture all the time about, um, uh, like fructose, for example, is probably the worst thing. Uh, it's probably the worst thing since I know cocaine. You know, it's it's empty calories and uh, it's really it's super sweet and it's super cheap. And I do feel you know bad for a lot of American consumers that when they go to the if you've been to the American supermarket, try pick up anything. Everything's got high fructose corn syrup in it. Um, so that's one of the things that I kind of trying to promote is you know just cut the sugar out straight away um but 
Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right with regards to, you know, like I see PTs left, right, center, you know, on social media or um, on other, you know, other platforms saying, you know, hit me up for a, a nutrition program. And then you kind of wonder where their um, kind of theory comes behind what they're trying to push out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think in a lot of ways as well, people, as they're always thinking, the best thing to do is cut out all of the snacks, all of the things that they actually like to eat uh, to the point where it's something that they just can't sustain. Um, and as you were saying about the high fructose corn syrup, it's, it's, it's so true that it's not a good thing to have in your diet. But equally, you've got to allow people some sort of flexibility so that this is something they can stick to long term not going to be a you know a weight loss of in um, in a month you'll have lost 10 stone and it's all going to be well in the world you know <laughs> yeah and, and that, I think that's the problem with our society because with a society that wants things now 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 and yes. whereas everything's you know available at our fingertips you know we want to yeah. get in shape for a holiday you know next month or you know we, we we know these things could take you know up to six months to a, a year of gradually kind of uh doing it um absolutely so, so Ellie, do you, do you yourself have a nutrition plan? Is there something you follow or do you follow like a rough kind of guideline? Um, so it's, it's quite a difficult one because I, yeah, I suppose in a sense I do. I mean, I've always sort of, I go by calories really, um, but that can also be quite detrimental at the same time um because you know I, I i genuinely use it to make sure i eat enough because i've had problems where i haven't before um so that's not exactly the best when you're exercising because it's not exactly the best when you're exercising because you know you need the right nutrition the right fuel and obviously calories to yourself for when you you train again really um so i kind of just use that as a baseline to make sure i'm hitting actually what i need to be um to get the most out of what i do but i do i mostly do about um runs here and there just just because i was meant to do it for charity but obviously due to the circumstances now i, I can't <laughs> because of they've cancelled all the events of course um, yeah yeah which is kind of a bummer but i still keep it up which is obviously quite good at the same time um but i also do sort of strength training and hits as well just because it's personal preference i enjoy feeling like strong but also like physically fit as and i'm able to keep up with hits with short rest periods and i used to not like exercise where i used to be quite overweight so i always tried to find something that would be effective so to speak but would take little time because i think it's meant to be pretty good for that kind of thing but um i i have to say i have fallen into the trap of you know like like you were saying earlier with the uh youtube advertisements and all that because you when you're desperate you kind of want to hear what people are telling you and you kind of want that solution quickly and you know i'm not like um philly here i don't have that kind of nutritional background or anything like that so I, you know, you just kind of think, oh, okay, well, if they're telling me this is what kind of is good, then you kind of think, oh, okay, let's roll with that and see if it works. And then, like you said earlier as well, um, it can be quite hard to stick to and maintain to because, you know, it's not really realistic of a lifestyle rather than a short term fix in a sense. So I kind of just do an all rounder of, um, just just workouts here and there and with what I feel like I can do rather than trying to follow other people even though that does influence me quite a bit so <laughs> I think I don't know about you guys yeah. but um no no you're fine I was um, about to end 
I don't know if you guys have seen, have you seen, like, especially in your personal mm. experiences, have you seen a lot of PTs just giving, on, like, especially on social media, because that's one of the main things I want to touch on. Yeah. Um, have you seen a lot of people give out generalised plans? Yes. That Yeah. And how do you, as obviously as a PT, or does coaching and things like that, how does someone giving out just generic advice with maybe uh, a level three qualification um how does that hinder your you as a coach because does it put a bad light on you if you've if other people have seen things like that and they're saying oh it's put them off in the past because they've not had the tailored advice because obviously everyone's body is different at the end of the day aren't they yeah absolutely um I think the worst ones are our generalised nutrition plans. I just personally don't think that's possible to, to you know, to, to hand out something like that to for some for something to suit everyone. It just doesn't work. Um, the the fitness plans you can get away with a bit more. Might not be ideal for the person, but as long as you know they're aware, it's a generalised plan. Um, the worst are the, <laughs> the PTs that just copy and paste them between clients. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know that's a whole other story <laughs> um but yeah no I think the fitness plans can work to some extent it might not be ideal but you know it's something for people to do and and they're generally cheaper if, if someone can afford that then it's better than nothing yeah. yeah so with your with your training um do you do you have your own coach or do you um do your own training and nutrition how how do you train it's with obviously competitions um and just training in general do you know what I've only just recently got myself a coach um I've always done it myself um and I do think that that is a big part of like a big learning curve for me and it's something that I think a lot of people need to do to some extent um you just learn so much more if you do it yourself um but I do I think I've got to a point now where I because I'm trying to coach my own clients I'm not focusing so much on myself so I did want to get a coach for that reason so someone's actually looking at what I'm doing a bit more um, yeah you've got someone there yeah. to discipline I think dis- I say discipline but they want to they they can hold you accountable rather than you saying oh, I'll try this tomorrow I'll do this tomorrow you keep putting it off absolutely then, don't you? and you, you do learn from other people as well that's the thing um yeah and pe- I have... pe- people add a different perspective and they can see things that you yeah be blind to in a sense absolutely and I, I'm lucky to have a very knowledgeable coach so I learn a lot from him as well and a lot of things that I can you know help with my own coaching oh okay um that's cool uh, in that sense then how do you say so when you picked your coach what do you look for um in one is like say for example um I don't know if you see, I don't know if you see oh, who's who's got me on the speaker I'm echoing <laughs> but um i don't know if you've seen especially on instagram and youtube you get a lot of people who will just plug themselves obviously they need to advertise themselves but what would you look for in particular because you don't know if say for example you go on youtube you don't know if these people yeah. are qualified you don't know what their backgrounds yeah, are absolutely um one of the main things i look for in a coach personally is that they are able to back themselves up with whatever they say I like someone that's very evidence-based um and if they can back themselves up with something they say I'm more likely to do it because because I have a background of a science degree and a master's 
in science I don't like someone giving me something anecdotal to do and saying just do it no, I need a reason <laughs> um yeah, yeah so I always look for that primarily in a coach and then what else what else that it comes down to is really just how well you end up gelling with that person like you can have a great coach and just not personally get on with them in the in the way that you should um so I think it is just a case of trial and error in some instances with coaches it might not be that they're a bad coach. It just might not suit you. Um, so, yeah. But personally, the main thing for me is, is like I said, just, just being generally educated and having that sort of um, willingness to constantly want to learn because everything's ever evolving in the fitness industry. You can't get stuck in your ways because you're just going to be missing out on things. Oh, 100%. 100% I completely agree with that and because if at the end of the day if someone can't provide the evidence as to why you're doing something it's like we said in a previous podcast we've done one with Jack um, he said when you're training you obviously need to have answer the questions of what you're doing when you're doing it and why are you doing yeah. it so I suppose that's obviously the the basis behind the answer yeah absolutely but um Phil you've Obviously, now, obviously, we're in COVID at the moment. They've only just relaxed the rules and things like that, but you can go outside and have one-to-one PT sessions. You've just had one with Max, haven't you? Yeah, my boy, um, Mad Max, um, went to the the park nearby and we had a one-on-one session. Obviously, since since it's lockdown, for the love of money, I haven't been able to get my hands on a kettlebell or any type of kind of weight. Um, I know that's not an excuse. I mean, I've been doing as many kind of Joe Wicks PE sessions as I can. but uh, <laughs> finding stuff, finding stuff around the house, you know, heavy stuff like filling up a bag. Um, I don't know it's just kind of like a bit of a mental block. But yeah, I had a, had a session with Max. It was brilliant because uh, he adds like really fun kind of dynamics to it. Like we were doing this, um, we did this bit right at the end where I was in a squat position, and he would say hands, shoulders, knees, touch obviously each part of the body, and then he would either say to me left or right, and I have to quickly make a dash to that point, and. It was like a different aspect of training. It was like you know agility kind of reaction training, and that's the kind of thing you get with obviously working with PTs. You know they added a really good dimension, especially PTs that have, you know, th- that look at innovation and different ways of like kind of doing the exercise and making it more fun and more interactive. Um, so especially when I'm at the gym and I'm kind of out of ideas a little bit because, to be honest, it, it sounds bad, but I don't really go into the gym with like a plan per se. Um, it works out with some people. Works out well uh not so well with other people uh, but sometimes i say to max you know like i will i've recently taken up basketball i want to improve my uh, vertical jump what can i do and he'll tell me you know you want to do depth jumps um so he gives me really good ideas so it's very good to you know uh, set yourself up with some pts to talk about sports specific um sports specific um exercises so um you know i do advise someone to you know go see a pt to add that um dynamic so what made you pick max over say someone else uh, at the gym what was your reasoning for picking max, max? is uh, obviously I, w- I met him uh, by attending some of the classes and some of the classes that i've been to they're pretty boring and like pretty straightforward but he adds like a different edge to it so from that i saw what he's like and speaking to him he says he likes mixing things up and obviously being a young guy and very enthusiastic um uh it just kind of kind of draws me to his kind of personality and character and it kind of shows in his kind of method of um 
working. And I've also had a couple of sessions with him. You know, like we, I've asked him, are you doing legs today? He goes, yeah. And then I, I couldn't walk the next day. So, it, you know, like stuff like that, it just kind of shows, you know, how kind of knowledgeable he is in um, certain exercises and yeah. um, certain movements. And then, but then again, like I'll go to Jack on um, issues around movement. You know, if I want to improve kind of my kind of uh, dynamic range or, um, you know, a, uh, I've you know have issues with my hamstrings. You know he he's got that kind of qualification. Um, I think it's called FCR or um, functional conditional range. Uh, but basically he's he you know he's picked up these qualifications and he and he himself just like um, uh, Philippa like you said that you know he backs up kind of what he kind of preaches in a sense. Um, yeah. So yeah. So the, I, I guess I'll just go by you know you can tell someone's like energy in the kind of demeanor by speaking to them and you kind of see what they're about and if you have a positive vibe positive connection you know it goes a long way you know with kind of working out with them oh yeah 100 percent. but um now i want to be i just want to be on to the main area which is obviously going to be very very controversial which is pretty much the whole reason for this podcast <laughs> so instagram youtube and social media platforms and that First off, what platforms does everybody use to view fitness content in a vertical? Uh, I, I can start. <laughs> yeah, you can go. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> um, I, I predominantly use Instagram for my own stuff, but then I will equally watch other people's vlogs on YouTube as well. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, I... Um... Yeah, I, I kind of use Instagram, well, not for myself, um, but to view others, really, but for YouTube to actually watch the videos or vlogs or any, because there are a lot of people on there that do have, give good advice as well at the same time. So um, it's more it's more interesting coming from what you, what you guys were saying earlier about backing up with evidence, because there are a few people on there with degrees that... Um, that is interesting to watch and actually the science behind it as well rather than just on Instagram when you just see people that look really fit and obviously they are um it is nice to actually watch the background behind it from the YouTube videos as well Phil do you still watch fitness YouTube videos um... or are you too old for that now <laughs> <Watch yourself. laughs> um yeah, no, I, I don't, because obviously I, I, I just stick to Instagram because you get short, snappy videos. Um, you know, if I'm looking for a hit workout, you know, you can type in hashtag hit workout and you can get, you know, thousands of videos and you just pick one and it gives you, you know, four rounds of X, Y, Z, 20 second rest. And yeah, I, I just kind of use it to get a, get an idea of what to kind of get through. I do follow one or two fitness personalities, um, follow Steve Cook. Um of course um, and maybe Maiko Hearn and I think that's about it actually <laughs> just two of them. I used to follow a lot more but then I just started unfollowing them because it just clutters up your um, uh, your kind of feed with a lot of stuff that I guess you don't want um, yeah so this is my whole point now um, don't get me wrong like I've said before I like Instagram as a platform and it's a good platform depending on how you use it so in terms of fitness industry i don't know how many people you guys follow in on instagram and on youtube and things like that but especially 
the people that always pose do a perfect mm. pose and a perfect photo for example how obviously Philly, you've got a massive following on instagram Don't say that <laughs> It's compared to us, you do. Ten. But um, how do you... So you say when you're putting a post, do you have to consciously think of what post you're going to put up, how it's going to... Um, how What reception it's going to get? And do you have to... Con- is that a thought process that you have to go on? Or do you just go, right, I'm ha- uh, I've taken a photo, I'm going to upload that, that looks good. Do you have to consciously think of all of these things i mean i think about it to some degree um but equally i i do what i want um like my instagram i hope comes across anyway as as me i don't want it to come across as forced in any any way um but then at the same time i think about it in terms of i know what posts tend to do well and i i have a certain structure of how i like to lay out my page in terms of like mixing it between uh, photos, swipe workouts, IGTVs, um, and like some fashion stuff as well. So I kind of have a structure in terms of how to how I like to do that. But then it kind of I don't think about it to the point of being like, oh, what if someone doesn't like this? Or you know, I I do what I want in that sense. In that sense. So so on the back of that, do you okay. get um, any negative uh, comments? And how do you feel about that if you do? Yeah, I mean, there's always a few unfortunately there's, there's always people in the world that are just determined to be negative but I it really honestly it just doesn't bother me at all it's like if they want if they want to be like that then that's fine that's them but I just tend to if it's a comment I'll just delete it if it's a message I just won't reply and that's that yeah because I see um I see some people get like really aggressive towards these people no, there's no point and... just leave them to it <laughs> that's my opinion on it because eventually yeah. they'll get bored won't yeah they? it's like there's thankfully like most people if not like 99% of my followers are absolutely lovely and that's great and there's if there's one person that wants to be negative then so be it they just wasted their life writing a negative comment so <laughs> just leave them to it yeah, I, I have that as well, like, um, in, in regards to, you know, like, if I'm watching a YouTube video on something, and I see a comment, and I, I fundamentally disagree with it, I'll start typing an essay, then I just think to myself, what the hell am I doing? Like, <laughs> like what, what does it even matter what this person thinks? And what does it even matter what I think about this? Like, it's just going to come out into an argument. And I think over the years, I've just learned to just, just kind of shut up, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah sometimes saying nothing is just the best way to handle handle it with yeah um with so with your instagram then and with instagram in general um obviously you work with you said you worked with usn mm-hmm. um do you obviously have you worked with like any big sports personalities and stuff um not not especially the um, i guess i've worked with a few people who um, do sort of sports and things at, at Loughborough so I, obviously a lot of athletes train there um, so yeah but I haven't really necessarily pushed any of that on my Instagram I've just worked with them individually yeah no, so I was, my question was more in relation to the way they put posts mm. out so um, people who obviously we can't confirm or deny this we obviously haven't got any evidence based on it but um there's, obviously you have the era of 
like fake natties and things like that. So people who, for those of you listening who don't know what that is, it's obviously those people who claim to be natural athletes who actually behind the scenes are taking all sorts of performance enhancers. And what they put across is that the physique and identity that they have is all based off their natural workouts and their natural diets and things like that. And all of this is readily achievable without the use of performance enhancers. So I wanted to like delve into that aspect of it because to me, fundamentally, I think that is what's causing a lot of people to be put off one by the put off by going to the gym and what causes a lot of mental health issues, especially um, things like body dysmorphia. So I wanted to delve into that a little bit. Mm, big topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <this is> the... <laughs> so my my personal opinions on performance enhancing drugs is that if you are a competitor at a very, very high level and the only way you can compete is to do it and that is your number one priority, then fine. If that's what you want to do and you're educated about it, fine um I personally don't think that people who just go to the gym and like not to say that in a negative way just go to the gym but like if someone just wants to look good for you know to go to go on holiday or something I really don't (laughs) think it's a good idea (laughs) because of the effects it is going to have on your health um a little bit of trend uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) you you laugh but people do that (laughs) um oh Jesus yeah uh but in terms of social media side of it, um, I don't like it when people just aren't honest. Um, I think if people have a great physique and they're taking steroids, then just be open about it. You don't have to actively force the fact that you're taking it, but don't say you're not. Um, but then again, it does come down to, unfortunately, things like sponsorships. You know, you'll see Gymshark and things like that. They will never talk about any of their athletes being, you know, not natural, but a lot of them aren't um so there are certain contracts that I know athletes have to sign to say they're not they're not going to talk about it so it's yeah that's that's my thing as well I don't care if they're on juice just tell people you are because it's their decision it's their physique they can do what they want it gives smoke and mirrors in a sense because you know if if people are juicing let's say and they say no I'm 100% natural but I take this protein powder it's going to kind of fool a lot of young kind of minds, I suppose, in that sense. But just yeah, a quick absolutely. question. What are sort of like the indicators then that you would say would indicate that somebody is using that, that kind of stuff? But, I guess that's a question um, for Philly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Not saying that you're on I drugs, think... but just... Oh, no, so... no, no. <laughs> you're, you're the most qualified here. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm not an expert on any of this. <laughs> um, all I all I'll really really look at generally is how quickly someone suddenly gains muscle mass. Mm. Um, if someone suddenly gets quite big fairly quickly, you know that that hasn't happened <laughs> like naturally mm. at all. Uh, other things to look out for are just um, things like capped shoulders. Um, like, you know, if you have a very, very round cap over your lateral delt, that's generally an indicator of steroids. Um, and also things like just being incredibly lean all year round and things like that. Um, 
I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't really look into it that much. I, most of the people I follow aren't like male bodybuilders and things like that. So I, I don't I don't know a lot about it. I'll be honest about that. But those are the few things that I do know of. Um, and then obviously just being absolutely <laughs> massive. <laughs> it's probably an indicator. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's my thing. I'm, oh, who's... Whose internet is that? Jesus. But yeah, my um, my gripe is when, when people aren't honest because, you know, it sets that unrealistic expectation, which we've discussed before. You so, love that word. for example, we, I love that word, yeah. We've said this about, like, Steve Cook. Obviously, we don't know whether he's on juice or not, but we can infer he looks like that all year. That's his job. We can infer that he's likely to be on something, even if it's, like, something to cruise on all year we can infer he's on something, but they don't talk about this. So then I think that this obviously promotes like body dysmorphia. And I don't know what you, your guys' experiences with body dysmorphia are, but do you think that Instagram is one of the reasons for the rise in cases of body dysmorphia? I would dysmorphia? say, yeah, to be honest with you. Um, I, I follow quite a lot of accounts, uh, sadly to admit. <laughs> just, I mean, just to look at sort of, like you said, um, earlier with like the different types of videos and quick hits but just I, I suppose inspiration as such but then it makes me sort of think negatively about myself rather than the progress that I'm doing and I feel like that does affect me because I'm like okay well I'm where I'm at now and I'm incredibly proud don't get me wrong but I could look like that and I want to get there quicker and then it kind of like you know as you were talking about mental health earlier affects me in that sense because I'm thinking then you think sort of negatively on yourself so to speak and then you I suppose you just fall into sort of a cycled trap of just looking at other people and just comparing yourself a lot of the time rather than focusing on your own well-being and how you need to treat yourself really I think that's yeah I think that's fundamentally my issue with it and I don't know what Phil and Philly what your experiences are with that obviously um Philly you've competed so obviously do you compare yourself to other competitors in your like category and things like that to see how you would fare or how do you how do you use it yeah I'm actually just like really thinking about this um do, do you know what I I don't think I really do compare myself to people on Instagram I think I've been through a whole phase of it over the years where maybe at the beginning I probably did uh, I followed certain accounts just because I like the way people looked but I think it's almost evolved in terms of who I follow because I like their positivity you know their personality um, and I don't tend to follow people who make me feel a type of way I will just unfollow them um, or any physiques or yeah. anything like that um, I'm in a place now with my training where I am looking for very very specific like performance goals and things like that which I really enjoy so my my focus isn't so much on athletics like it was when I was competing um I think I'm in a mindset now where I know what I want to achieve it's just a very long-term process so I'm just going about my way <laughs> of doing things um and I just tend to follow you know my friends athletes and things like that on Instagram so I don't really look at it from a physique perspective it's funny you say that actually that it's evolved over mm. time because I'd say when I first started out that I was very yeah. similar 
but now when when like hypertrophy was my main type of training i'd say that was very it was very up there where you'd constantly do that but then i think now i'm on a, a strength program and a, a powerlifting program mm-hmm. that's it, it sort of just like falls out of the process yeah, if that makes sense absolutely like and it's, it's really interesting mm. to see how like everyone else reacts to it yeah I think performance goals are hugely important in terms of a physique change like you're not so focused on the aesthetics that it drives you crazy uh, but equally you are going to be getting aesthetic progress whilst you're focused on strength on performance or whatever that performance element is your physique's going to be changing whilst you do that but you're, you're just not driving yourself up the wall yeah, do you think a lot of people um, like fall foul of not understanding that concept and they focus too much on the physique aspect? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think, again, that is just a learning curve. It's something you, you figure out as you go. Um, whilst, whilst I say, obviously, I have strength goals and things like that, I still have aesthetic goals in the process. It doesn't completely disappear, but I think... I think you do need to find that balance between them so you're not so focused on how you look every single day so, I think at, at a time I, I would have been like that and especially when I was competing I'd look at myself in the mirror every day and analyze everything but now like I can go for a week without looking at the way I my body is in the mirror it doesn't bother me right now because I'm focused on how strong can I get my squat so I, I got a question for both of uh, Ellie and Philly so Ellie, uh, do you care more about aesthetics or performance or, or a mixture of, of both? Um, I would say it's, it's quite a difficult one because I would like to say aesthetics. And I think that's predominantly from where I was overweight. Um, so, yeah. you know, I'm always focusing on trying to get myself looking better as much as I can from where I used to be bigger. But in the same respect, I'd say performance goals are equally important because I, you know if I if I didn't train to do the half marathon and I just focused on how I looked and just didn't exercise or anything like that and just it was just uh, nutrition then I don't think I'd be able to do as well you know as, as if I didn't train or for example like you know just increasing with the running a little bit every week yeah. by the amount of kilometers you do like it is quite important as well um but also strength training as well I think is important too because it's, it's yeah I'd say an all-rounder really um but maybe more aesthetics for me but I do think that being able to maintain the amount of like um sort of performance that I do at the moment is important because it does affect how you know how I'm able to train and if I don't train right then I won't be able to carry out that well I don't think so Absolutely. yeah an all-rounder really for that one and, and Philippa as a as a coach if if someone comes up to you and says I want to get a six-pack for holiday in six months time do you say to them the importance of not only looking good aesthetically because you know I guess everyone can drop weight it's obviously it's a simple calculation of calories in versus calories out but do you encourage them to you know do I don't know like uh, snatches or like kettlebell work to help improve their overall body strength and things like that or do you just solely cater to what the client wants I think I would always start with 
you know, I, I personally start with Skype calls with clients when I explain everything. I want my client to understand that getting a six pack in six weeks like, or six months or whatever you said is, isn't, yeah. Right down, yeah. <laughs> isn't necessarily as simple as they think it might be. Um, and not only that, it's something that they can do if they want to do, if they want to get lean. But quite often I find that with my clients, they sort of catch on and they learn as the weeks go on and they sort of, their, their perspective on it changes. I can absolutely get someone lean very quickly if that's what they want to do. Um, but most of the time, most of the time they do, they do sort of, their, their goals kind of waver a little bit or go off in different trajectories as we go. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Because if we take that um, discussion around aesthetics versus performance, um, I dare say we all know who Tyson Fury is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fantastic athlete, yeah. aesthetically not pleasing, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, if if, yeah. we, if we look at his kind of body type, um, there's no definition, there's no cut, uh, but what we do have is a kind of a finely tuned athlete that's. Um, know playing to a sport you know he can go 12 rounds his stamina's there no problem and i think there's something we may all agree on that he is considered an athlete um because of obviously his movement um his skill um his stamina but then on the other side of that he just doesn't have the aesthetics but then you have someone like anthony joshua uh who looks like he's a spawn of zeus um he's absolutely chiseled people say you know he looks too much like a bodybuilder to be a boxer um, but then obviously on the other hand, he does have that performance that goes hand in hand. And this is what I kind of, you know, going back to Rose's question about, you know, body dysmorphia and how I view it going over the journeys. Um, I just view it as, you know, as long as you can kind of perform, um, in your, in what you want to do, it doesn't matter what you kind of look like that. That's my own personal kind of view and opinion. Um, we all know who Wayne Rooney is as well. Again, another guy who's body's not really cut up like a typical footballer but at the kind of the peak of his playing career you know he was the fittest at Manchester United um, as an ath athlete he was um, in tune with the sport that he was playing um, so I don't yeah I, me personally on kind of Instagram and uh, social media I don't tend to look at um, the aesthetics per se but more about the kind of the movement um, patterns and what, what they're trying to kind of replicate us that's where my interests align, and and again, that that's 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 that, that that is a journey that's taken me kind of a long time to get my head around. Like the early years were more tied with aesthetics, the later years is more about kind of functionality, movement, and um, continue um, to be able to move. Um, I just want to be like um, there's this there's a marathon runner. He's 109 years old, and he's in. Uh, I think he did his last marathon maybe a couple of years ago, but that's that's the aim get to that age and still be able to move absolutely <laughs> but um in that sense then as we've sort of worked through it we said social media um and putting off people off um how do we then prevent a fall in say motivation a fall in um how would you say it? we've got a fall we don't want to fall in motivation but we also don't want them to uh, new gym goers to be put off by going to the gym because i've had a question from one of our, our listeners who have said that they're put off going to the gym because they feel intimidated and they they have that self-consciousness how do we then try and keep those people 
motivated and fitness and how do we get them to stay to want to keep changing themselves when they feel that there is a stigma of people who go to the gym obviously massive they're going to judge you they're going to put you down sort of thing and they're not going to help you yeah I mean I think that's that's true almost now like I still get intimidated going to the gym there's always going to be people that are bigger than real (laughs) I don't know intimidate (laughs) me even if they're absolutely lovely it's just the sort of impression you get instantly um I I actually moved to a different city uh just before Christmas and obviously had to go to a new gym and everything and I was so intimidated at first I think you do just get to a point though where you're like actually do you know what I know what I'm doing I'm okay (laughs) and I think in that sense it's very very good to have at least a couple of sessions with a PT or something so you feel comfortable with the movements that you're doing if you're new to the gym so you can go in there and go I've been taught how to do this I know what I'm doing I can go and do it confidently 100 percent. but then what would you say if they've then what say before they've done that they've gone and watched millions of youtube videos on christian guzman steve cook things like that and they're just copying random exercises without a structure without a plan and then they're getting disheartened when they're not seeing six weeks they're not seeing oh i'm not shredded how do you then work with them yeah i mean i think it's important to to have some sort of plan and structure in place um Obviously, in terms of progressing uh, aesthetically or performance based, you need a program that progresses. You can't just do the same thing every time you go in and expect to change. It doesn't work like that. Um, But equally, you do need to start somewhere. And if that is going to the gym and copying some videos you've seen on YouTube, that's that's amazing. That's better than you were doing before. God, you know, you know, one of the worst things is like when you're in the gym and I think, you know, you, everyone has an idea of like how to perform like a squat. When you see someone that you can kind of gauge as being a newbie um, and you're seeing them doing their technique wrong, you just, there's a moment where you think, should I go up to them and tell them? Should I not? And um, mm. you, you just kind of have that kind of battle with yourself because sometimes, you know, when you go up to them and tell them, they're, sometimes they're either very thankful or they turn around saying, oh, no, I, I was meant to do that exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think people reading is a skill, isn't it? <laughs> I think in some instances you just know someone's not 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 going to take your advice, so you're better off just leaving them. I think, I, like I personally, I would tell someone if they were doing it to the point where they actually might hurt themselves. That's where I'm like, right, oh, I've got to say something. <laughs> yeah, but then equally. Like some people will will always be a certain way and that's what you know what they're going to do. Um, but, you know, I think it's just reading the person. Some people might be really appreciative if you go and just offer a bit of advice, not criticise them, just say you're doing this, you know, you're doing this great. But if you just did this or this, you, you know, you could benefit a lot more from it. Yeah, and I think it's about, it's about how you then provide that information to them at the end of the day then isn't it but but yeah but going back to your question um, about um you know people being intimidated um it depends what they're intimidated by like i've spoken to a lot of girls that are intimidated by doing um weight-based exercise i mean by you know using dumbbells or barbells um because one they have the perception that you know i'm going to gain a load of muscle and i'm going to look like a guy um secondly also because it is an intimidating um, atmosphere you know like loads of men just throwing metal around um but 
you know, if, if someone is intimidated by the whole gym setting, one thing I always recommend is, is to do one of the classes because, you know, usually people, I mean, people generally are friendly and I think, you know, looks can be intimidating, but my advice is probably, yeah, just, just um, try a class and you get chatting to a few people. Then before you know it, you know, you'll say, you know, you want to work out together and, yeah, and you kind of go on from there. I was going to say, our gym's particularly good at that, though, isn't it? I think nine times out of ten, if you speak to someone at our gym, Absolutely. they're actually really yeah. helpful. They're really yeah. sound. But um, final question before we go on to the fan questions, per se. Um, with the availability of so much information on Instagram, YouTube, just the internet in general... How do you distinguish between good information and bad information? I think that for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think, pers- well, personally, I'm a geek and I read lots of papers. <laughs> so uh, I, I like to kind of be the person deciding if it's good or not most of the time. Um, but then equally I've found certain people over the years who I I've known like a very evidence based and I can trust what they say and I can trust where they get their information from um other than that though I just tend to look at things like systematic reviews that kind of summarize big chunks of them I'd rather read it firsthand than trust what someone says on YouTube yeah I 100% yeah it just cut out suddenly (laughs) someone did yeah cool Cool. But um, yeah, let's go into a couple of the questions that we had sent in to us. And that way we can um, see what other people want to hear in terms of their questions, because a lot of people had some good ones. Some of them you might find a little bit offensive, but some of them are quite funny. So we put this up on our Instagram as well. So we said, what questions would you want to ask someone obviously in the fitness industry? Um, it was obviously a very generalised question we put out there. He said, why do you think your opinion is so important about all fitness um, people? I don't. <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> oh gosh, I think a lot of people have that opinion on people in the fitness industry. And equally, some people do have a very high opinion of themselves on what they have to say, but not everyone. Um, we have, what would you say to someone who wants to be a fitness influencer? But doesn't want to make the same doesn't mistakes. Want to make the same mistakes in what sense? Um, say they may have made mistakes in trying to become a fitness influencer or someone within the fitness industry. In the first hand, they may have made some mistakes. So, what would you avoid when you're trying to do it? Okay. Um, I would say just. I know this sounds so cheesy, but just be yourself. Um, it's very easy to to end up in the same kind of fitness influencer mold as everyone else. Um, and I think just having your personality out there and and being who you are is is much more appealing to people to follow. They want to follow people who have great like personalities. You don't want to follow just the way that someone looks. If that makes any sense. Okay. Cool. Um, what are the best simple exercises you can do at home for free? Oh gosh, there's all sorts. <laughs> I was gonna say that's quite. A, there's a lot you can do. I think. Yeah. I think we could all answer that. Um. Oh gosh, 
here's a plug have a look at my instagram <laughs> got lots of workouts <laughs> on there um no i think you can do pretty much anything you want really if you have a chair and probably an investment of some bands and things like that um that's if if you're going for the most basic equipment that's why i was i would suggest someone to get some bands and just you know have a little bit of space have a chair and you know you can get creative yeah um would you publicize this is quite a good one i really like this one would you publicize a product you haven't tried or do not believe in absolutely simply for not. the money no <laughs> sure and we answer absolutely not do you think other do you think a lot of people do that Unfortunately, yes probably uh if there's money in it unfortunately that speaks louder mm. than doesn't it but um the other ones we had were any thoughts on giving up during prep on giving up during prep or if you yeah about giving up during prep or if you lost a competition for example how does it make you feel especially with the social media aspect so obviously stating to everyone that you didn't mm. win or something like that um there was only one point for me in prep where i i genuinely was so close to quitting um and that for me was between my qualifier and the British finals um because it was my first show I actually genuinely didn't think I was going to qualify for finals so I thought I'd be done with prep you know I'd, I'd be able to go out and eat all the food I want and just be happy but it meant that I had to keep prepping for another six weeks um it was really really tough for me mentally and there was one point I remember just sitting there thinking I can't do it anymore I'm gonna order a pizza (laughs) I was so ready just to be done with it but um my mum actually called me bless her and she convinced me not to which was lovely because she's not really like um she doesn't really get the whole bodybuilding thing so it was quite it really meant a lot to me for her to say that um so that was that was for me I was like right no I've just had a moment uh just keep going with the day and the next day was better and you know I just kept going and I made it so like I, I don't think it's something you'll regret if you just keep going to to that goal and then you know you've done all you can yeah it's, it's very important that you have the kind of the support around you because um I, yeah I, I know here when the when the food shopping happens and there's a bag of crisps <laughs> or some chocolate the like i wouldn't go on my way to get it but if it was there it just you just think like oh man you know the the the, the willpower is not very good in this sense <laughs> yeah and final two questions how do you personally track progress and do you do weigh-ins progression picks macros or intuitive eating how do you do you think is it all based on your coach? Yeah, I think it depends on what my particular goal is at the moment, that moment in time. Um, the last uh, seven or eight weeks, I've been prepping for a photo shoot, which is next week. So that has meant more things like weighing in, um, tracking my macros, you know, to the gram. Uh, whereas if I'm in, you know, more relaxed phase of a program or I'm, I don't have a specific goal, then yeah, I do tend to do things more like intuitive eating, how strong am I getting, things like that. The, the focus changes depending on what my goal is. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, Phil, do you track your okay, macros so or anything, is, or do you do anything like that? Is, I've had this thought, right, about how, you know, in the wild, there is no such thing as, a, you would say, like an obese animal, only domesticated animals get, um, you know, obese. Um animals have like this kind of control mechanism where they've had their feast and that's it they're not going to overindulge and i think that humans 
um, should be like that to a, to a degree. Um, I don't calorie track, but there's certain kind of foods that I avoid. And then, you know, it's very easily done that, you know, when you've had a meal, you think, I'm going to have this dessert. But when you kind of think about it, just take a step back, you just think, do I really need that? Am I hungry? Do I really want it? Um, so I kind of go on that basis. Um, I keep my weight between 16 stone and 16 and a half. Um, and I have done over the past kind of five, six years. And I think obviously for my height and build, I think that's my kind of optimum um, kind of weight range. I try not to go over and I try not to go under. I try to keep it kind of thereabouts within a six pound uh, range. So that that's how I do it. So I, I avoid eating, for instance, bread, uh, pasta, um, sugary foods as much as I can help it. Um, I try to avoid fizzies. You, you know, all the stuff that you expect to be kind of cut out. So that that's how I uh, generally mm. kind of go about it. Because I think, you know, calorie tracking to a point is good um you know if, especially if you're doing competitions or if you especially if you've got a weight goal in mind but i think in your mind you know we should have uh, a sense of um you know what's going on or an understanding of, of what we should be able to eat you know we we should be able to gauge eating you know a hand sized full meal you know five six times a day um and of the right correct foods um, rather than processed foods i say if it comes out of the ground or grows off a tree then it's all good I'm actually thinking of um, being a bit more sort of free will with it, so to speak, on myself, because I think sometimes I get really quite obsessed over it and it's not really that healthy rather than, and I, and you can tell, especially when I'm exercising, it does affect the way I train depending on what I've eaten. Um, so sometimes it can't be the healthiest. So I think I might be a, like a little bit more, uh, lenient with it and and just and just use it as a as a tool but you know not so much at the same time and just yeah just as a guide to make sure that I'm getting use at least guide, yeah. the bare minimum in and then um just to make sure I'm getting enough protein sometimes and then that's probably about it really just to make sure that I am actually semi on track and then just um free will the rest of it myself but obviously maintain being eating right really but um i think we'll um I think that's a good point well, we're out i think we'll um wrap it up there but obviously before we end the episode we always have our random question of the day so phil if you wanted to go ahead and do your random question if there was one thing in the world anything you want it to be that you could disinvent so it never existed what would it be oh god um <laughs> I don't want to say, but some sort of, uh, I think, social media to some degree, for sure. Just a okay. personal okay. opinion, yeah. Um, just because I think sometimes it does it does obviously have a lot of benefits that outweigh the uh, negatives, but it does take over a lot of people's day-to-day lives, I think. But, yeah. Absolutely. Philly? This is such a hard question. <laughs> um, there's so many things that have just gone through my head. Um, if I could disinvent something. Mike Chan, six-pack short <laughs> Yeah, literally. <laughs> can I disinvent coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one, yeah. That means we can all go back to the gym. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have. <laughs> we spent so much money on buying gym equipment, it's unreal. I've managed... 
I've managed to get an Olympic bar on the way. Imagine that, and then it on one day. It's all, I've it's literally all, it's all done the, the same. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got my um, tip. You, you gave me the good plug <laughs> where to to find it, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. I'm so glad to but, have um, my plates and weights and stuff, but it is mad expensive. <laughs> Yeah, it's not okay. a nice <laughs> second question for Philly first. What is your guilty pleasure with regards to food? Your one oh, hot cookie dough. Cookie dough. No question. Hot cookie hot dough. Cookie dough. <laughs> it's just the best thing to have been invented. Milk chocolate or white chocolate? Do you know what? White chocolate with biscoff sauce and biscoff <laughs> biscuit crumbs on the top. If you have that, <laughs> literally the best thing ever. Goodness me! And um, probably say pizza. To be honest with you, I know it's a bit basic, but um, I, but then again, I do like the sort of fudge brownie kind of dessert. So pizza and brownies, I'd say. <laughs> or brown. Or, or, or yeah, all that dessert pizza. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> No, because you can actually get like dessert oh, kind of pizzas. Disgusting. Not they don't have tomato sauce, but they have like chocolate sauce and that. Yeah. Oh, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, the um, Goodfellas one. But sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, that's not okay. And final question from me is: This would obviously goes for both of you. If you could have a dinner party and you can invite three guests, dead or alive. It doesn't matter who they are, could be oh. fictional, non-fictional. Who are you inviting? God. Anyone in the world who you want. Uh, Throw you right on the I spot can't don't know if I can think of three. Although it's not really a party if it's just one, is it? No. <laughs> it's more like a <laughs> I'd I'd like to say Barack Obama. I think he's just I just, I think he's just, well, you know, just a cool dude and uh, seems to know what's right in America, knows how to rule it in that. Um, I don't know, I don't really know who else. I probably would choose like a musician of some sort because I, I listen to music quite a bit, and uh, but I can't really name because I've got quite a few, and then maybe like an an author or, or somebody that I like to enjoy reading. Um, I don't really know, to be honest with you. You've kind of curved more, bored me there a little bit. <laughs> oh, you actually want names? Oh, God. I, can... <laughs> I want three names. <laughs> <from both. laughs> um... <laughs> give you some, to give you some like idea, my three would Straight be someone like Adolf Hitler, Hitler. Hitler. Um, Karl Cause, Marx, cause and Martin Luther King. The um, oh gosh! Right, really I'd say Barack Obama. I probably would say Dwayne Johnson because just because I'm just oh, sorry. The Rock is just yeah, an all rounder, a... <laughs> and maybe like um somebody with comedy. Like um, I quite like Kevin Hart to be honest with you, just to bring a bit of banter to the table. That'd be quite funny. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'd have <laughs> I would have I'd have to have Dwayne Johnson as well I'm sorry <laughs> have to steal him from you and um, Amy Winehouse I think and I don't know someone to just liven up the party a bit I think like Tory Lanez or something 
<laughs> have you seen his quarantine radio? Okay. I probably no. think it's a bit rude to be honest to put it out there, but his Instagram lives over the course of lockdown have been I'm just gonna say I'll that. make sure to check out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, what about you guys? Oh no, Rohit, you've said Phil, Phil, did you say? Or? No, but um, um, <laughs> I think you can um, hear my answer on a previous podcast. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I think, I think no, no, mine, mine was um, Kanye West. Interesting. The man's a genius. I think he's an absolute genius. Um, I think I said Che Guevara. And um, Superman. <laughs> Bit of a strange one, but yeah. I mean, it works. Yeah, but um, thank you both for coming on. Did you guys want to shout anything um, out? Any plug your Instagram? No, I mean, my Instagram's pretty want. basic. It's just at Ellie Contos, K-O-N-T-O-S. But I haven't really got anything. Just a personal page. <laughs> to be honest with you um, but no thank you very much for having me thank you I've enjoyed this so that's been good yeah thanks for coming on yeah um, my Instagram is philly underscore Fleming uh, with one M <laughs> and yeah it's been lovely it's been really fun to chat yeah thanks for coming on um, I would like to shout out my channel <laughs> who's not have you, have you guys, have you guys, do you guys know yeah. There's another one as well um, on YouTube ads and he keeps, he always pops up and I don't know his name and he's always talks about like trying to get people fit really quickly is probably one of Mike Chan's mates. Oh, I know exactly which, which one you he's mean. He's shirtless, so do you know what I mean? And he's yeah. like. Isn't it funny how they never get around to the point? Yeah, that's it. They want you to click the ad, and he's going on for like a minute saying about, oh, I know how you want to get fit, but do they, you've tried this, this, and this, and it's never worked. And I'm like, are you going to get to the point? Or I, I don't know his name, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you press skip. <laughs> that's when you wait for the three, two, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both for coming on. I think it's been really interesting to mm. obviously get around because fitness industry is massive and there's so much going on but obviously if you do need if you do need uh, nutritionists pts or coaches if philly has space obviously go check her out and um yeah um if you have any questions just obviously drop thank a comment, you have a good day thank you guys and we'll catch you next week bye guys. Guys. Bye. Care, bye bye